Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good. We're recording a day late because we wanted to push uh, for the uh, Cyberpunk uh, event that was earlier today, which we'll have on the podcast, but other than that, it's a normal week and a normal fun day. Cool, yeah. I almost forgot the intro, by the way, as I was saying it, but... uh... Yeah, doing uh, doing pretty well as well. It's really, really hot here in the UK. I don't know what it's like over there for you guys, but um, yeah, it's pretty hot over here. To, hot to the point where, like, it's annoying. Because we all enjoy nice hot weather, but not to wear it like... Yeah, anyway. Uh, but uh, yeah, what you been playing within the last week or so? Well, like I said last week, I've been uh, testing out games on my new gaming rig. Mostly I've been playing Battletech, which I bought uh, quite a long time ago. Uh, but it just runs so much better now. Uh, much uh, improvement on the graphics listings for it. Uh, a lot more fidelity in the audio quality, even though the gaming rig really doesn't affect it in that sense. You just the the graphics match up with the audio a lot better, so it just makes it seem a bit better. Um, I just finished downloading Stardew Valley. It is actually on a free play this weekend for Xbox Gold and Xbox Ultimate Game Pass members. So if you've never had a chance to check that game out before, you can. It's free for the weekend. I downloaded it cause, just because I was curious what all the hubbub was about. Because it's still in like one of the top ten streams on Twitch right now. So, Cool. Nice. Uh, is that everything? Yeah, that's about it. It's been I've been all over the place the last week. So. <laughs> cool. Uh, so I obviously played that little game called Last of Us 2. Um, I have finished it, and I loved it. Um, there's been... Yeah, some people saying this is 10 out of 10 masterpiece. I agree with those people. And then there's other people that really, really haven't liked the game. Like, a lot. Really haven't liked it a lot. Um, I'll be doing my review tomorrow. Um, I did finish it on Sunday, but I've just needed time to think about the story. And just about everything in the game. Because it's a 22-hour or 25-hour game. And there's a lot to think about. So it's not one of the, it's one of those situations where I couldn't just... Um, stick a review out there kind of thing plus this is a game that means a lot to me and i've been looking forward to so uh yeah just took just took a bit of time to to think about it and think about uh everything that happens in it and i uh, feel ready to talk about it tomorrow i have already made some notes um if i'd have maybe made them a bit earlier i could have possibly reviewed it today but uh, just didn't get around to it um but overall i really really love the game i think that uh let me read my own tweet here actually because i finished the game and then I put something on Twitter. Um, I should be able to find it fairly easily. There we go. So I took a screenshot of my own tweet just to save it for this. I don't want to be scrolling through my own tweets on the podcast. But anyway. Uh, so this is from what I said on Twitter. There's no spoilers in here of course. Uh, finished Last of Us 2. Uh, an incredibly emotional game that at times exceeded my expectations. The game is thought provoking. Makes risky decisions. But that very much pays off. It also has some of the best game mechanics I've ever seen. And then just to make a sly reference to the skip don't skip thing that I do now uh, I put don't skip this one so yeah that that's kind of a, that's kind of a summary of how I feel I suppose about this game um I'm really really impressed with the gameplay and the the whole mechanics thing it's interesting that with, with, with that as well because obviously in the, in the in the game one of the things that's known is if you kill one of the uh, enemy players, the enemy red shirts. They'll sometimes they'll call out players' names like Henry's died they're over here, or Jennifer's died. It, it'll always be random names that aren't related to like major characters or whatever. Um, and a lot of people online were kind of saying like, "Oh, it gets a bit annoying that like every single time you kill someone, they shout out their name." I didn't really 
unless I didn't like always hear it, I didn't hear every single time I killed someone like, hey, Bethany's over here or hey, Josh has died. And I, I always heard it whenever I had like alerted a group um, or if I'd stealthily killed someone and then someone found that body. I would always find that then I'd hear, hey, Paul's died over here, the the girl the girl might be over here or whatever. Um, or like if I shot someone but then alerted the group, it'd be like, hey, Kathy's died. I'm making up names, of course, on the spot. But like, hey, Kathy's died, she's over here kind of thing. Um, but some people on Twitter were kind of saying that every single time they killed someone that they would shout their name out and... If I had have experienced it that way, I'd, that that would be quite a weird thing. But I, maybe it was because like guns were going off and I was concentrating or trying to avoid a dog or avoid a clicker or something like that. So maybe that was happening. But you know, sometimes in a certain game where like you hear subtle things, but there's just chaos because like I'm trying to craft stuff or heal myself or shoot or aim or run somewhere or watch out for where one of the NPC people is with with me in the game. Uh, like your companions, which obviously you do and don't have at certain points in the game. Um, yeah, didn't really find that like they were shouting their name every single time, but uh, apparently some people did. Uh, just to, uh, obviously we're going to stay spoiler free here. Do you have any questions for me about the game? Uh, no, not really. But that's just because I knew I wasn't, you know, that invested in the game. And one of the YouTube channels that I follow. Uh, did a, a very technical breakdown of it with spoilers and their issues with the game. And so I watched that. So I had the whole game spoiled for me, but that's okay. I don't consider it being spoiled because I intentionally sought it out. Um, so I'm very familiar with the game and everything in it. And other than, I mean, I really don't have any questions out on it past that. So Okay. For me, it was this experience where I I kept continuously hearing like something really out of character and terrible and awful happens in this story, and then five hours in, nothing. Ten hours in, nothing. Eighteen took you, know, and then finished the game. As I just kept going through, I kept sort of waiting for the game to jump the shark or for for the shoe to drop or whatever the phrase is, or for something really outrageous to happen. Um, and it just didn't. To, at least to me, you know, obviously... See, here's, here's the thing that I'm still not seeing about this game is, like, some people online will be like, oh, I really hate this game, and then someone will say, oh, you're wrong. You can't be wrong about an opinion. <laughs> you, if if I say to you that this game is developed by Insomniac, that's not true. It's developed by Naughty Dog. If I say that this game's on the Xbox One, that's not true. <laughs> but, like, I, I suppose it's just a case where, like, um, whether you hated it or loved it, you're obviously passionate about it in a particular way uh, and some people just can't uh, some people uh, a lot of times can't handle disagreeing with each other and therefore you get told that you're wrong and that sort of thing uh, but you know at the end of the day if you loved it if you didn't if you didn't like it it's it's up to you maybe you perceived the story a different way maybe you didn't quite get certain things that happened in the story um, to kind of stick spoiler uh, obviously spoiler free here with the one of the major things that happens in the game I think it's a case where some some people didn't quite maybe get what Neil and the team were going for, but I I feel like I did because there was a because I like I said in that sort of tweet the game takes risks there was a certain point in this game I was like okay well what are you what are you doing with this um and then they 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 do a particular thing and then things change a little bit and whatnot um and even even I you know a person who was ridiculously excited for this game and as I said at times it exceeded my expectation certain points it was like okay this is really really good like really really solid and then there were certain times where particularly with the mechanics and like crawling and grass and the the, the the way the AI enemies um 
act I think is really really impressive uh just how kind of like smart they are and the way they you know just just the way they sort of um act at time that exceeded my expectations um but uh yeah it's just, I think it's just one of them cases where like if you feel like you got what Neil was going for which I did or Neil and the whole team obviously I'm pointing him out cuz he is the the uh, director of the game uh but you know if you didn't understand maybe what he was going for you didn't quite get the same sense of the story maybe the game just didn't work for you and that's that's perfectly fine if you're on the other side of the fence like i am and you really love the game and you saw what neil was going for and you got it not necessarily fully agreed with it maybe in certain situations there's a there's a there's a big discussion to be had about this game and about some of the massive stuff that happens in the story i think um but it's 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 simple. No one no one can say to me that I'm wrong for loving it, and I can't say to somebody else that they're wrong for hating it. It's just the case of that. Um, do you agree with me on that on that situation? Yeah, we've talked about this before about opinions. To where if it's your opinion on something, that's your opinion on something. Yeah. You know, two plus two is four. That's a fact. You know, fire hot, water wet. <laughs> those are fact. Um, everything else is kind of subjective. Um, now, obviously, you can disagree with that person's opinion. You can think that they're wrong in like an, a technical assessment if they say, you know, this game is mechanically good and you found mechanical issues. Um, th- but then that's not an opinion. Um, there's obviously a lot of variance and a lot of gradations in that. But, you know, if somebody says, I like pineapple, anchovies, and guacamole on my pizza, you might think, okay, that's a weird-ass combination, but you can't say they're wrong for liking that. Yeah. Yeah, so, but uh, there we go, I'll be doing my review tomorrow, you guys can send in feedback if you want to, or uh, feedback afterwards, or at any point really. Uh, we do have some questions about it um, a little bit later on as well, which I think we'll we'll get to. Actually, I want to get to one of them now, since we're on the, on the topic of this. Ian says, with The Last of Us 2 being review bombed, what do you think this means for the future of Naughty Dog? Um, I, I, I think part of that maybe depends on... Because Sony owns them as as a as a studio in that. Obviously, if not if Naughty Dog wants to do a new game or an Uncharted Five or Last of Us Three or a D- DLC for Last of Us or wh- whatever they decide to do next, that's kind of up to them. I think with the approval of Sony, I believe is how that works. Um, I don't think it's going to massively massively impact because there there's enough love out there for this game. I think, and um, the one thing I'll kind of say about that as well. Because uh, what what I did, I, I finished the game and then I went to see the, okay, what what the hell are these leaks that came out? What are some p- people massively disappointed about? And there was one particular thing where I read what the leak was and I thought, okay, there's there's no context in there as to why a particular thing happens in this game. Um, and that's where I feel like the ma- the majority of the anger towards this game is, is coming from. Um but uh, yeah, in terms of you know what's the kind of future for Naughty Dog and that, I think they'll be they'll be perfectly fine. I think they'll go on to make the next game. If you love that or hate that or or somewhere in between, that will be what that is. I don't think this is going to mean something dramatic like Naughty Dog shuts down or Neil Neil fires someone or I I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be as dramatic as that. Um, what would you think this means for Naughty Dog? Uh, well, what it means for Naughty Dog is nothing. I mean, there's it's not going to affect the sales of the game too much. It already hasn't. Uh, definitely yeah. what we need. Yeah. Yeah. 
Definitely what we need to do is shed ourselves of the notion uh, of the fact that review bombs only go in one direction. Because we talked to this about a month before the game came out, how if you go on to the website for Sony, they already had a thousand reviews and literally every single one of them was five stars. Obviously, that's a review bomb. Obviously, that's a positive side. Mm -hmm. And then the game comes out and then there's a lot of uh, reviews. And then initially on Metacritic, the user reviews puts it about a four. Now... That doesn't mean every single review that was a very low review was just a review bomb. There's, you know, more than likely it's about, I would guess, like 25-ish percent review bombs. But that still doesn't change the fact that there are some people that don't like this game. There's a video that's been floating around of some Korean streamer who was playing through the game. Oh, I saw that. It was hilarious. And then gets, <laughs> yeah, he gets, to, he gets to a moment and he, he had just had enough. So he hits the eject pulls out the disc and then cuts it in half with a pair of scissors. He cuts it so Which, casually. The only like, weird thing like about it's a that piece of paper or something. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing weird about that is that he had a pair of scissors right there for the <laughs> cutting. Did. Yeah. Uh, but he reaches up out of he reaches up out of frame so there's probably like a shelf up there or something. Right. So it's probably I don't know if it's the same term in the in the UK but we have what we call catch-alls here which is just like a table or a shelf that just tends to collect random objects cuz they don't have an a, a air quote official spot mm -hmm. to it. Like on like on my side table Next to my computer, I've got a couple USB drives, an empty box that I've never gotten around to throwing out, um, the strap for my new camera case, and uh, some old headphones. They just don't have a place, so they're just kind of sitting there. So that spot's kind of a catch-all. Um, the issue with reviews that I do have is the fact for about 48 hours, Metacritic blocked all negative reviews, but allowed all positive reviews. And that was filmed and verified to be doing on different people with different accounts on different computers. They tried to submit like a, a, a below four score for uh, Last of Us Part Two, and it just glitched and said something went wrong. But then they immediately changed all the scores to positives and got it into the round of eight and a half mark, and boom, it went through. Mm. And they did that repeatedly with different computers. So that's an issue that I have with, with honesty. Um, I don't care if, you hate something. I don't care if you love something, but if you're going to set up a site to let people review it, you can't be blocking reviews that you don't agree with. Yeah. Because yeah. not everybody agrees with you. Mm -hmm. um, and they claim it's quote a glitch, but it only glitches in one direction. So I'm calling bullshit on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but me, outside of that, uh, I mean, I mean, sorry, I mean to, uh, yeah, to me, it's a case where like, I've, I've heard, a good share of both really positive reviews and really negative reviews and my opinion on the game hasn't been changed i still love it i still think it's a masterpiece and for, for the same reasons i already thought that i liked it uh when i finished the game so it, it, it's the case for me where like okay i i see why certain people have so, some problems and that that's fine on that but i just i just simply don't agree with some of those people which is fine but yeah, yeah just, just the way this guy like he, he just cuts it as if it's just like a little piece of paper or something he's so casual about it. It, it it was pretty funny because i remember when you sent me a message about that and i was like oh it's probably some guy like raging or, or whatever but no he's just really calm and casual about it yes <laughs> yeah and yes. you can just tell he's just he just what the event was just you know straw that broke a camel's back and uh rolling rolling back to reviews um the review that i watched that did the full spoiler and the full breakdown they gave it a six and he specifically said I'm only giving it a six because seven seems to be what's considered slightly above average in terms of review scores. And mm -hmm. I just find it slightly below that. So I, on a number scale, I would consider it a six. Mm -hmm. um, 
I played The Last of Us, the first one, played through it just for the story. I thought it was fine. I mean, it, mechanically, it was perfectly functional. I never got into the multiplayer because that's not really my thing. Um, I liked the story for the most part. I think there were a couple of things that were kind of gratuitous but and kind of felt like padding, but you know, every game is like that. I mean, if completely neutral of any like general opinions of scores, if I had to score, it'd be somewhere between seven five and an eight. You know, so it's not. I didn't hate it. I didn't like. Oh, this character's terrible. Oh, this person is. Ah, you know, story was fine. Gameplay was fine. Mm-hmm. It was a perfectly serviceable game. I I didn't have the, you know the revelation that so many people did, but to me that's more kind of like groupthink than anything else. It's like these 500 people i'll say it's a 10 maybe it's a 10 you know and it pushes the biases a little bit in that direction so mm-hmm. yeah uh beginning back to ian's question i think naughty dog will be fine they'll go on to make whatever the next game is going to be um i still have a lot of i mean obviously i still have given everything i've just said i still have faith in neil i still have faith in naughty dog um and with sony and all the games that they're making and they're doing some really great stuff so yeah overall i think they'll be they'll be perfectly fine uh, other than Last of Us 2, um, like I said, look out for my review tomorrow. I don't know what time necessarily I'll be doing that, but uh, just have a look out for that at some point tomorrow. I'm sure I'll be post uh, sharing that around and everything. Um, but uh, that, by the way, that will be the usual format of spoiler-free at the start, housekeeping, then a spoiler warning, and then the spoilers. So just you know the, the usual type of style that I'll do. And obviously, it don't skip rating. I don't even need to keep that as a surprise. I think, uh, but uh, I certainly re- recommend that you don't uh, don't skip it. That's just me. Uh, other stuff, still been playing. Uh, got back to a little bit of Call of Duty after finishing Last of Us 2. I am going to go back through, by the way, and do New Game Plus um, and try and get some of the collectibles and things like that. But I, ju- I just haven't done that yet. I wanted, I wanted it to be a situation where I finish the game, play some Call of Duty, think about Last of Us 2 and all that, just think about everything that happened, and then get back to it uh, at a certain point. But uh, just haven't done that yet. Um, yeah, still having fun on Call of Duty, still having some... Uh, funny ragey people on there i tell i tell you the way some people rage on that game it's it it can be really funny sometimes it can be like all right you're you're taking this too far and being just stupidly offensive but other other time there was a few people i played against today uh with some friends and that and sometimes it can just be really funny but um yeah it's been it's been fun as well i heard that there's an update in 40 something days can't remember when it is it's listed on the battle pass because whenever the battle pass expires uh a new season drops so um That'll be that as well. Uh, other than that, not been playing anything else, obviously, because I've just been playing Last of Us 2. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much us. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, go into a bit of housekeeping, and then talk about some news, including the return of one of my other favourite video games. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Hey guys, what's up? This is Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. And this is not the show to listen to if you're trying to be a better adult. I started this podcast as a way to offload some thoughts uh, that I have throughout the week. My topics vary widely every week. Movies I've seen, guns and gun control, sex, people that are stupid, why I don't care about celebrity opinions, TV shows, snowmobiling, the list goes on and on. I'm always taking topic suggestions from fans of the show too. So join me each week on Adulting with Donnie as I pour some bourbon and allow you to see the inner workings of the mind of a madman. Live free and rant hard. 
I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, the weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it. There's going to be laughing. (laughs) Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Uh, Speaking of things returning as well while we're on the subject of that, um, Manchester United have returned to playing football. We've played two games since the last podcast. Uh, The most recent one, which was yesterday, Man United beat Sheffield United 3-0 at home in the Premier League. And, interesting stat for some of you that might not know, the last player that scored a hat-trick for Manchester United was in 2013. It was Robin Van Persie, and I'm sure most of you are aware, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, probably the greatest manager of all time. Might be a bit of a biased opinion, but there we go. Uh, he was the manager at that point. No other player for Manchester United has scored a hat-trick since then. So it's been seven years, but yesterday, uh, Anthony Martial scored a hat-trick against Sheffield United, and um, it was really, really good. So I enjoyed that as well. You can listen to that. We have got Norwich... In the FA Cup, Saturday, half past five. So the podcast for that will be on Monday. So look out for that as well. Uh, Classic Reviews is still continuing. The Jim Carrey season, season four, episode three for The Mask, which got released yesterday. Not the film, the podcast. The film is over 20 years old. Uh, If you've missed any of the seasons so far, season four, episode one was The Truman Show. Season four, episode two was Liar Liar. And season four, episode three was The Mask. All Jim Carrey films, of course, there will be ten of them. We've released three podcasts so far, so you can look out for all of those. Uh, United cast, Man United also won their return game to the Premier League after three months of no football since about March. Uh, Man United drew 1-1 away to Tottenham. Difficult game, but there we go. That's just what happened in that game. So if you want to listen to my thoughts on football's return, Man United-wise, uh, you can listen to those. Let's play Sundays. Uh, last week, of course, I did the video for me getting the gold M4A1 on Call of Duty. Uh, this 
particular video is me using the gold M4A1 on Call of Duty, so that's that, if you want to watch that as well. Uh, did some podcasts about reliable and basically unreliable news websites. Uh, one, of the, one of the podcasts was called Reliable News Websites, of course, uh, my friend and co-host David, uh, he hosts uh, Geek Town, he runs Geek Town, that's one of the reliable websites out there. And other things like TV Line, IGN, there's a whole bunch of other ones that I listed in the podcast and talked about on that podcast as well. So if you want your reliable, true news, you can check out those websites. Uh, then I did one that was the opposite, which is called Say No to Clickbait. And uh, if you do that, you will probably end up a bit happier, I, I would guess. Uh, but I listed some websites on that podcast, ones to avoid, ones that are more known for clickbait, so that you avoid being disappointed about news that isn't really true so if you want to do that there's that as well and those are the two podcasts that are out there uh did a cw superheroes podcast for black lightning season three it was released as a box set here in the uk on uh, netflix so if you're wondering where the black lightning coverage was for this season uh it wasn't available to us in the uk yet but season three is out on netflix and uh, i reviewed the season as well it will be returning for season four and so will i with the show as well uh, me and Grey last week did a TV talk um, episode. I'd watched a bunch of TV on my podcast break, so I talked about some of them. Uh, some of those stuff include uh, Central Park, which is an Apple TV Plus uh, TV show. Grey talked about uh, Titan Season 2, and so did I, and a bunch of other shows as well. And at the end of the podcast, we talked about uh, four recommendations each that we'd recommend you to, for shows that we'd recommend you to uh, go and watch. So that's that as well. Uh, did a podcast called The Broken Conversation regarding Star Wars and Game of Thrones and what's kind of happened to those two properties and the conversations around them and just everything revolving around those two sort of properties. Uh, if you haven't caught up or whatever with Star Wars or Game of Thrones, there's no worries there because there's no, pod- there's no uh, spoilers in that podcast either. So you can listen to that. Uh, and that's pretty much what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. So, let's get into some news. So, speaking of returning games that I am a fan of, of course we just talked at length about Last of Us 2, which is one of my favourite games out there. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 4 is a real video game. Um, of course I've speculated for a while about what it could be, what I would want from the game, etc. Whether it's in development, what that means for Spyro, because he's of course Activision's other platforming mascot. But uh, Crash Bandicoot 4 is a real game. Um, it's coming on uh, 2nd of November to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Here's some information about the development of the game which I find quite interesting. So it's being developed by Toys for Bob and not Vicarious Visions. Toys for Bob were the developers that did the Spyro Reignited trilogy, so the remaster of the original Spyro trilogy games. Vicarious Visions, the ones I just mentioned a minute ago, were the ones that made the Crash Bandicoot Insane, Insane trilogy, uh, so the remaster of the, of the original three games. Vicarious Visions, however, is currently working, as we talked three, four weeks ago, about the Tony Hawk's uh, Pro Skater remasters. Was it like four or five weeks ago? Something like that. Yeah, about a month ago. Yeah, time flies. Uh, So, yeah, Vicarious Visions is currently working on that. Toys for Bob is on the Crash Bandicoot 4 game. I don't know what that means for um, the other company that I just mentioned. But, yeah, that's basically what everybody's doing. 
at the moment. So Activision sort of switching things up a little bit in terms of development. Some people did wonder when they announced the Tony Hawk's 1 and 2, wasn't it? Yeah, remasters uh, for the usual consoles and that. And they announced that Vicarious Visions was working on that game. A lot of people wondered what that meant for Crash Bandicoot because Vicarious Visions did that game. Vicarious Visions also did the the the, new, the brand new DLC level that was released for uh, Crash Bandicoot uh, 3, which was the Future Tense DLC level. So that was the first like original content for Crash Bandicoot in quite some time. Uh, but for some reason that I don't know about, uh, they switched developers. Toys for Bob is doing this Crash Bandicoot 4 game. Uh, speaking of the game itself, I think it looks great. Uh, they've changed the animation style to look a little bit more cartoony, I suppose. Less sort of less of that sort of like furry look for Crash, and more of the uh, cartoony look. Um, it looks like they are um, messing about with time, and you can slow down time. And there's a whole thing with, well, not that Crash Bandicoot really has a plot that matters, but at the end of Crash Bandicoot Three, um, Cortex and what's the other guy's name? Engine. I've forgotten his name. The other, the other villain that's that's in the game. Um, they were sent back in time by Crash, and they were turned into babies. <laughs> and then there's a reference in this uh, Crash Bandicoot Four trailer to where he said, "Okay, you sent me. Yes, you sent me back in time, Crash, and all that, and in an angry sort of cartoony villain voice. But talking about it only gave me more time to like develop a plan because uh, Cortex is now back to his age that he was before, so he's sort of grown up and and whatnot." Um, which is kind of a fun, silly, sort of cartoony thing that they put in there. Um, so yeah, it looks great to me. I think the gameplay looks like just what you'd, you'd sort of want it to. Um, doesn't look like they're doing too much sort of open world stuff. It looks to me like there's there's certain influences of um, Twin Sanity a little bit. Uh, no, sorry, Wrath of Cortex a little bit. Or a bit, a little bit of both of those games actually. But it looks like it's still kind of taking the core of what the first three games were, the, the, the much-loved uh trilogy of the the original crash games sort of looks like it's taken that of the as the core but some little bits and pieces of twin sanity and maybe from uh wrath of cortex two games which i really don't like um and sort of putting that in there as well uh, you'll be able to play it as crash of course and as uh, coco you'll also have certain levels um where you're playing as uh dr Cor- uh, neo cortex himself um don't know what that's gonna be like um i think in Twin Sanity, which is one of the games I didn't play. I've, I've seen gameplay for it and stuff. You can play as Cortex, so maybe that's taken certain inspiration from that and whatnot. Um, Robert, did you see any of this trailer or any information about this at all? Yeah, I saw a little bit of it. I mean, I've never been that deep into the PS uh, franchise, so I know of the game, but I've never really played a lot of the game. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, it's like I've always said, if it's something you love, you're getting more of what you love. Mm-hmm. I will say... I know at the moment I don't kind of sound excited. I very, very much am excited, and I'm I'm also really surprised that I, myself as well as a lot of other people, expected this to be like a, a holiday-ish release, so like an October-November. I thought it was going to be like a PS5 Series X launch game. Uh, quite delighted and surprised to see it's coming out in October, because we don't know that will definitely happen, because games can get delayed, and, and everything like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was... Um, I think it was on the Friday 19th of June, the same day Last of Us 2 uh, came out. I sort of woke up accidentally early for some unknown reason. was looking at my phone in the morning see if any any news broke. And then there was just this picture of Crash Bandicoot 4. And it, it, the game had been leaked basically like 
four days earlier or whatever it was because the game was revealed on on the monday just gone uh, and last friday was when the game was leaked that just wasn't really how i wanted to find out when the crash game was was being released and even if i hadn't seen that post really early in the morning i definitely would have seen it later in the day it was it was all over facebook and twitter and everything uh, the trailer wasn't out, but there was like the cover art thing, and there was a few images of the game. The the, the name of the game had been leaked, and uh, the fact that it was Crash 4. So it just wasn't the exciting way I wanted to see it be revealed. What I kind of would have preferred, in a way, was... Because it's part of this whole Summer Games Fest thing with uh, Jeff Keighley and that. And obviously at the time, they were like, okay, we, we know that you know Crash Bandicoot 4 is real. On Monday at, well, 4 o'clock my time on Monday, we're going to have the trailer. You know it's going to be for Crash. If it had kind of been a situation where Jeff had tweeted out like, hey, Summer Games Fest Monday, new game announcement, and nobody, nobody really knew what it was, that would have been a much, much better way to to uh, discover this game. So that's that's a little bit like one of the reasons why my excitement has just slightly been dampened a little bit. Uh, it's got nothing to do with the, actual, the way the game looks itself. I think it looks brilliant and all that, but... Yeah, after all these all, all these years and Crash going through a bit of a difficult time with some of the more average games, this just wasn't how I wanted to kind of find out, which I think everybody could kind of understand. Uh, what do you think of that sort of situation, the leaks and, and all that? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously unfortunate when a leak occurs. Uh, mm-hmm. You never know if it's just something that was uh, like a timed program release and the program went afoul or if somebody was just like, I'm going to leak this out because I'm mad at something, blah, 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 blah. Um, or whatever happens, the fact is that it's out, we're getting more Crash Bandicoot, and if you're a big fan of Crash Bandicoot, then you're happy you're getting it more, and hopefully soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this felt a little bit weird on the podcast to be talking about Crash 4, because uh, I talked about it so many times before on that, but uh, yeah, I'm very, very much looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the first time we see like an extended gameplay thing, because the, the trailer they revealed was kind of a, a little bit of gameplay, a little bit of like story trailer and stuff like that, but uh, no, I'm definitely excited. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see, uh, what happens in the coming months. The game's out, like I said, October 2nd. We don't know if they'll definitely hit that date. I suspect it will get one of these free upgrade ports that we've been hearing about to PS5 and that, hopefully. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's gonna be, uh, really, really fun. I, I suspect, like I said, what they're gonna do, I think, um, in, this is just my guess i don't know this i think in 2021 you're going to get a spyro game and then i think in 2022 you will either possibly get a spyro and crash crossover game or you'll get crash bandicoot 5 i think they're gonna that maybe gonna try and do this thing where again this is just me guessing where they could have crash one year spyro next year maybe a crossover because they've kind of tried to do that before and then you switch between you know crash and spyro every other year um i don't know if they'll definitely be able to do that because game development does take more than a year or two years at certain points um but uh, that's that's roughly what i think they could go for do you think they might do something like that yeah i mean that's definitely possible that they can go that route i mean they could you know drop the game on us way earlier or way later than we expect i mean let's face it nothing's guaranteed anymore mm. yeah so we will see what activism's plans are um and I, I would guess that, I don't know, someone else, I guess, is making the Spyro games. Because, like I said, Toys for Bob is doing Crash. And Vicarious Visions is doing Tony Hawk. So, we'll see what comes of all that. Uh, next up, we've got uh, the Cyberpunk presentation. I didn't write down anything specific. I just wanted to give some, some general thoughts and feelings. But, uh, seeing as my single most anticipated game has come out, I finished it and, uh, and all that. Uh, Cyberpunk is your most anticipated game. So, what did you think of... Uh, this presentation 
I thought it was really interesting in the fact that they've focused on a very, very specific part of the game. And a little backstory. um, First off, they called this episode one of Night City. Mm. So you can expect we'll get a couple more before the game launches in October now, I think it is. Um, We got like a little bit more. November, yeah. yeah. We got a little bit more of gameplay, although a good lot of it was derived from the um, the full hour demo they did about a year ago. Uh, we got our first introduction into something that's been in the game called brain dancing. And this is basically where somebody has an implant in their head and records live action events. And then you can download that event and play it for yourself. There's actually a movie that touches on that. Um, you probably have not seen this because the movie came out in 1995. Um, it's called Strange Days, but it has a remarkable cast to it. It's got uh, Ralph Fiennes, Angela Bassett, uh, Juliette Lewis, Tom Sizemore, Michael Wincott, Vincent D'Onofrio. So a huge cast. Uh, it's set in kind of not, I wouldn't say cyberpunk-ish like, but definitely some cyberpunk technologies with it. Um, so that if you're curious about brain dancing outside of the gameplay, that would be a movie to watch. Um, we got a good look of that, uh, function in the game. It looks like it's going to be told, going to be used for like, um, story elements, quests to a point. Um, they were, the developers were there, were very, very specific about it not being a collectible function of the game. So I don't know if that means there's going to be no collectibles. I highly doubt that. Pretty much any open world game has collectibles at some point. Uh, They were just very emphatic that this function that they've clearly put a lot of time and effort into isn't going to be done just for collectibles. Mm -hmm. So I I figure side missions, you know, somebody had somebody else done something wrong to them. Your job is to find out what, you know, maybe you get hired on the DL by a cop to you know, help a case along, something like that. Um, and that was a, most of the uh, of the presentation. They did announce an anime coming out in 2022 called End Runners, which is supposedly set in the Cyberpunk 2077 universe, uh, but it is original series, so we might get cameo pops in, maybe not, who knows. Yeah, Netflix TV show. That's pretty exciting. I know it's an anime, it's not like a live action thing, but uh yeah, I certainly didn't expect that uh coming into this. I guess um I guess CD Projekt Red likes to get uh TV shows developed from their games because of course we got the The Witcher, which yes, before anybody says something, I know is developed from the books, but it's it's kind of the same. Um yeah, and cyberpunk as an RPG goes back a long time. Yeah. Uh, while speaking of movies, a good cyberpunk-ish movie to watch came out the same year as Strange Jays, and that's a Johnny Mnemonic, um, and that does star Keanu Reeves, so it has a nice little good tie-in there. Hmm. Also, a great cast: uh, Dina Meyer, who you've seen in a million things, uh, Ice T, Dolph Lundgren, Henry Rollins, who was the lead singer for the punk band uh, Black Flag back in the early '80s. Just this big ripped dude with like tattoos all over the place. Um, also, I mean, the the tech in it for the for the CGI and stuff doesn't really hold up because we are talking 1995, but it is a good movie to get your mind in the headspace of a cyberpunk world. And it does actually feature one weapon from cyberpunk, and that's the uh, monofilament lash, and that gets used a lot. And it's really cool looking. Cool. Nice. I uh, just want to give a shout out, by the way, to uh, Holly Bennett. She was the the woman that was 
doing a lot of this presentation. She used to work for uh, PlayStation Access, which is this PlayStation YouTube channel. They do the usual stuff, you know, PlayStation coverage in general. Uh, she left PlayStation Access to obviously go f to work for uh, CD Projekt Red, and uh, yeah, thought she did a really good job. Because uh, she tweeted a long time ago that like she's left and that's where she's gone to to work for. Uh, but I think this is the first time we've like seen her in a in a presentation. I think she's a social media manager or something. Uh, but no, I just just wanted to chat her out. I thought she did a really good job here uh, with that as well. Um, overall, with the presentation, I, I thought it looked pretty good. Um, I'd like to see another like twenty minute gameplay demo because this was more kind of like trailers and presentation and discussion and things kind of mixed in. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of what I'm ready to see next for Cyberpunk is, is another, like, 10, 15 minute sort of gameplay demo, because we, we've had a couple of them, and they've, those have looked really, really good, uh, and while I did appreciate, you know, the explanation of some of the stuff in the world, and the characters, and a bit more of that sort of thing, um, I did like as well how, I can't remember what the guy's name was, but one of, one of the two guys that Holly was talking to, um, he kind of said about like characters' purposes in 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 stories and stuff, and that's something I really appreciate because sometimes certain characters, when they get put into any medium, TV, games, films, or whatever, they don't always feel like they have a purpose or reason to be there, and then they feel they they feel sometimes a little bit more expendable. Um, so that was that's one thing that really matters to me as well. As much as we care about like okay, what's happening in the story. Um, I think your characters and their integration into certain stories, like okay, what this character has this particular personality, like they have their own their own traits and that sort of thing, but their actual purpose within a story, I think, is really really important. And uh, I know it might seem like a little thing to be kind of impressed by, but I thought that that was uh, good to to kind of reiterate as well. Especially as see in in this particular presentation, I feel like they threw a couple of new characters out there, and some of them stuck a little bit more than others, but. Just having it kind of reiterated that, like, okay, things things matter a lot in this world, and and everybody kind of has a bigger role to play. Um, I thought was was pretty good. Yeah, and to be fair, they do have to kind of handhold through some of the mechanics because yeah, you know, the cyberpunk is not a genre of RPG that gets a whole lot of screen time, whether it's TVs, movies, or video games. I mean, you don't have to have played any of the core rules of Dungeons and Dragons to figure out a you know, fantasy RPG because you've had some experience on some level. Same with like a sci-fi RPG. You've had some experience at for some level, mm -hmm. but outside of steam games, which are very niche, uh, 3d isometric, uh, third person view, uh, turn-based games. I honestly can't think of the last like triple a cyberpunk game that's come out. That's why so many people are so hyped for cyberpunk 2077 myself among them is that this is like the first proper cyberpunk game we're getting in i don't know how long a long time yeah no i i agree with that as well uh and it's a great great genre the like you know hard sci-fi kind of genre and all that with the, the futuristic tech stuff uh if they get it right which it looks like they're going to um then it could be something really special but uh other than that i thought the presentation was good i thought think what everything that they've shown so far has been really good uh, everything that they've said about the game such as like um you know we don't do greed and no pre-order bonuses because everyone everyone should play the same game and no microtransactions obviously and the, the free update for because uh, holly said at the end uh, if you like miss the news or whatever, uh, I think we talked about the Xbox side of this at least uh, a, a couple of months ago. Uh, if you buy the game on the Xbox One X, you'll get the free update for Series X, and the same for PlayStation. If you buy it on PS4, uh, you'll be able to get the free update thing for uh, for PS5. 
Um, she did also she did also hint about like like an extra upgrade that you'll get with um with 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 the new generation consoles with the Series X and with the uh, PS5. Uh, but she said that that'll be revealed a bit later because like they kind of reiterated in this that um there'll be more of these episodes going forward. I imagine maybe we could get like one one a month or something until the game comes out because November's still a bit a little bit far away in it. So because uh, we're only in end of June. Uh, so we'll see when the next one is. But that'll be my guess is that, that maybe they show something off once a month for this game until until launch. Depends on how many. They might have three of these episodes planned. We don't know. But uh, yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on this? No, I mean, it sucks that the game got delayed. I'm starting to get a little jaded in the sense that the day after they announced the delay, they about announced a whole bunch of new merch for it. So like jackets and uh, custom uh, M- uh dx racer chairs and things like that so like you know the cynical part of me is wondering if they're just delaying it to stock up on more merch uh for people to buy um and i'm guilty of buying it i've got the uh johnny silverhand guitar uh, funko pop pre-order which i've had pre-ordered for i don't know how long but you know i'm buying that 100 percent uh so it's not like i'm completely innocent of that but you know, you know, it's only so many delays before you start wondering if they're pushing it back for other reasons. And I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying that's like a niggling little doubt in the back of my head. Um, to me, with the delays and stuff, it just kind of says to me, like, okay, this game's massive and technical and complicated and everything. And um, I don't know. Sometimes these these things just just take a long, long time to to develop. And I can see a little bit of what you what you're saying but like to me it's just sort of if i look at everything in this game and we've probably seen i don't know 10 percent of it maybe i don't know because uh, holly also said about this is from the prologue of the game or, or something um yeah just seems like 10 percent. i'd be shocked if we had if, we, if we've seen two percent of this game okay <laughs> yeah so some some small percent of the game um but yeah to me it's just a case where like okay this is a big technical world it's an open world game with loads of stuff in it and it sometimes it just uh just takes a little time so we shall see uh moving on to slightly less impressive uh presentations or gameplay videos and trailers uh the avengers had uh of course the square enix developed game uh from crystal dynamics sorry the crystal dynamics developed game published by uh square enix uh which is going to be on i believe xbox one and ps4 uh did you get a chance to see this not really, but then again, I really haven't had that much interest in an Avengers game. Uh, it's not that I dislike the franchise or the Avengers. I mean, I've seen all the movies at least ten times. It's just the game itself, there hasn't been anything gameplay-wise that I've seen that's interested me enough into keep following it. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because the last, the last time they did a uh, presentation, a lot of people were like, oh, this game looks a little bit bland, it looks a bit simple, and I was like kind of does we'll see what they sort of come out with and then i watched this and then i kind of had the same feeling there's this bit that they show with thor he's beating up this robot thing in a single player mission and it just didn't look it didn't really look right or look really that great and i don't know it didn't it, there's there's not too much about this game that looks particularly special i think um granted it's still got a few months of development i think it comes out in september it might be uh, which isn't that much longer, but it's still a bit more time. Um, but it sort of just—it doesn't look like it's quite got the budget 
there. I mean, presentation-wise and whatnot, sure, you know, the the Avengers in their full glory are kind of in there. But in terms of the, I guess, the gameplay budget, I'm I'm talking about, it just doesn't really quite look like it's. It doesn't. It just doesn't look right. If you know what I mean, it does look a little bit bland. It does just not really look like the the kind of game you'd want. Um, especially like gameplay wise, it just yeah, just this wasn't really sort of flowing together. I think the story is kind of interesting, um, it, with with what's kind of going on in there. Um, and then they showed this. Uh, I can't remember what is this table thing in like the helicarrier that that you go to for like missions and stuff, and that will change over a particular period of time. That looked kind of good as well. The funny thing was they said at a particular point in this presentation at the start, like, hey, you've been wanting to know, like, how does this game work for, like, co-op and online missions and story missions and what does it mean, like, if I do a story mission and then want to play a mission with my friends or do something like that? And they, they kind of explained it in a way where there's certain single-player missions you sort of have to do on your own. Um, like, as part of the actual single-player story, it sort of has to be done with one particular character, because that mission maybe centers on one character, like the, the Thor mission that they showed off, and then there's other ones where, like, it will require more characters to be there, and then that's where you can sort of introduce some of your friends and stuff. Um, one of the things I did like about that whole progression system is they sort of said that every time you go to do something, uh, with a particular character, whether it's Iron Man, Thor, or whatever, they will always level up so whether it's a single player mission or uh something for co-op or whatever you'll keep leveling up so you won't have like a separate um uh single player iron man and multiplayer iron man so it won't sort of be a situation where at least from what they said it, it won't be a sort of situation where let's say you've done eight story missions and iron man is level 10 and then you go into a co-op mission and you think okay i have to grind up iron man that his level again or whatever it sort of seems like that won't be the case which i think is good because uh, i think that would have been a little bit stupid if they had left that sort of separate uh so we'll see how that all kind of works out as well they did say as well that if you because i think it's you and three other people like four of you basically and you can pick between the avengers and that uh, or at least the ones that you got unlocked. If it's, I think they said something about if it's, um, if there's any spaces left in your team that haven't been filled. So let's say you and two other people, but there's still the fourth slot. It will be filled out by an AI character, um, like an AI controlled version of whoever that character would be. Uh, the one thing they maybe they didn't talk about as much is let's say just a random example, Robert. Let's say me and you want to go and play the game, and we've been leveling up with Iron Man, and we both want to play as him. I don't think you can really do that. I think one of us would have to maybe pick from a from a different character. Um, I don't know. Like, like let's say I've been leveling up in the story mode and I've got this like gamma ray stuff that they're talking about. Like, could I potentially not use that if I go to play a match with you or 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 a mission with you? Um, so that they were clearer about certain things, but not about the entire thing, I suppose. Because they they did it, they did explain some stuff, but not all of it. But just yeah like i said the gameplay just doesn't quite look right it seem it feels a little bit bland um but uh there we go any other thoughts on this uh, avengers stuff yeah um i'm trying to find the game that i'm thinking of cuz there have been uh four player co-op marvel games before um i forget there's like there's been the ultimate alliance ones yeah ultimate alliance is what i'm trying to think of so there's you know doable but obviously this is more of a uh you know, realistic looking than those mm-hmm. games. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the only real Marvel question I have is when is uh, Disney just going to accept the reality and put uh, Black Widow on Disney Plus? Because let's face <laughs> it, the theaters are not coming back anytime soon. 
We've already had the wave of uh, Black Widow merch come and go. I'm seeing the last of the Wonder Woman 1984, you know, advertisement that couldn't be stopped through like they had a deal with uh, Doritos for like bags of chips with like Wonder Woman stuff on it. So that's almost done being being used up in stores now. So we're not going to get that movie anytime soon. Uh, so just put it on Disney Plus already. You're not going to get a theater bump out of it, which is unfortunate because it's a movie I really wanted to see. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I mean, this is kind of a tangent, but I honestly don't know if the American cinema business can even survive anymore. Because AMC, the biggest franchised movie uh, theater house in America, is down like 30% of what they were before the thing shut down. And they're losing like crazy amounts of money every year. And then when that Trolls World Tour movie uh, put on digital, they decided to ban that production company from being shown in those movie theaters. Which, in retrospect, is a bit of a petty move. But, you know, nobody really liked the movie experience anyway. It was too expensive. It was... I mean, I mean, it's legit expensive, like, you know, family of four, you know, parent, parent, kid, kid snacks. You're looking at 125, 130 bucks easy for that night. That is crazy expensive. Yeah. Because you're looking $60 just in tickets. And then, you know, everybody's got to have snacks and those snacks are like 20, 30 bucks a pop minimum. So that's almost 100 bucks right there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just throw it on Disney+. Plus. Let us watch the movie we've been waiting to watch for, like, six months now. <laughs> yeah. When was it supposed to be out? In May, wasn't it? First week of May, because it was supposed to release on my birthday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that. Just to kind of continue with that uh, thing that you're talking about, it's a, it's a case to me where, like, if Cinemar's open, cool. I just don't trust anybody to socially distance, because... In the experience that I've already had, going up the field, going to the shops, people just don't do it. They just don't do it. And uh, well, I don't, that I, and I mean, even without the social distancing, uh, movie theaters are like hotels. Everything's on occupancy. If you've got a hundred seats, you need to sell ninety of them. You're not going to be able to social distance with ninety seats, and you can't have it to where I mean, those seats, unless you go to like the really expensive theaters, to where you have like a big comfy chair with you know that folds back and those are our thing now and those are like the $15 seat tickets. You're not going to get six feet, two meters apart unless you're going every third seat. So if you got a hundred seat capacity and you're selling 33, that's a, a failure. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's a loss. You're, you're showing that movie at a loss. But yeah, I just, I, I don't want to be in a, in a cinema room or whatever you want to call it with a bunch of people. Cause I just don't trust people. <laughs> Because they they already don't social distance at least from where I am they they people are terrible with it so I just uh, don't trust them to do that. Uh, moving on from films and Avengers and whatnot, um, I for some reason wrote this down a later part in my notes. Uh, put why the Last of Us Two is being review bombed. I already talked about the lack of context in one of the leaks and just other people's problems with the with the game and whatnot. Uh, I I'll just mention this briefly because I don't want to. I don't want to continue the the negative talk about Last of Us 2. Again, like I said, if you didn't like it, that's fine. If you did like it as much as me or somewhere in the middle, that's also fine. It's it's entirely up to you. There is apparently a petition out there uh, to remake The Last of Us 2. Now, this is interesting because the last time I saw a petition to remake something, it was for the final season of Game of Thrones, and there was one for the... 
and with the ninth episode of Star Wars. I don't remember one for the eighth episode of Star Wars, Last Jedi, which people also hated, but uh, the train of hate remaking continues. People want the Last of Us two remade. It's not going to happen. Uh, but yep. I just thought that I would I would mention that as well. I should have mentioned it earlier when we were talking about it, but uh, I've written it lower in my notes. Any little thoughts on this? Yeah. Just so we can bring a little bit of levity back into it, I did a quick Google search for ridiculous online petitions, and <laughs> uh, I was not disappointed. Stuff. Yeah, I was not disappointed. E News Online gave me the 18 most ridiculous and unnecessary online petitions. Uh, so we'll just go through some that I like. Uh, Jack Frost from Rise of the Guardians and Elsa from Frozen should be in a romantic comedy together. Sorry, say that again. Uh, Jack Frost from Rise of the Guardians and Elsa from Frozen need to be in a romantic comedy together. Why? Which I actually might see, I gotta admit. Okay. Um, there's a petition <laughs> for Taylor Swift to be on an or- episode of Law & Order SVU. Uh, a petition for a hot dog symbol uh, for emojis. There's a petition to ban sporks. Um, there's a petition for One Direction what? to Why? stay... I, I don't or know. Or should I not ask? <laughs> it's one of those things that they just... You can literally, there's a website called iPetitions, when you can literally just make any petition you want. So these are just some of the stupid ones. Uh, there's a petition to bring One Direction to the UK and stay forever. Um, petition to give the brawny man on the brawny paper tells more muscles. Um, I'm just going, um, yeah, that one I don't want to talk about. Um, duh, duh, duh. Uh, da, 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 that's yeah. I'm not talking about that one. Uh, there's a petition for Weird Al Yankovic to perform the Super Bowl halftime show, and the the rest are either not relevant or on subjects we don't want to get around. But still, like I said, you can make a petition for anything, and that's just I'm sorry, that's just kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, in terms of Star Wars and Game of Thrones, they won't be getting remade, and neither will The Last of Us Two. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, I should have mentioned that earlier, but just didn't remember it was in my notes, um, because it's quite a forgettable thing (laughs) to, uh, remake Last of Us 2, a petition for that, but, um, anyway, we should move on from that to other news that is, is better than that, but isn't great, I suppose. Well, one of them's good. I'll get into it in a minute. Uh, EA Play had, EA, sorry, had the EA Play thing, which you said that you forgot happened, and I almost did as well. Well, I didn't even hear that it was coming out until I started seeing uh, uh, recaps of different sections of it popping up on my YouTube stream. And I'm like, wait, did they have one? And I I literally had not heard anything about it. Mm. Yeah, because it got to um, half 11 on Thursday the 18th. And then a bunch of people said, like, hey, in 30 minutes, EA Play is going to be happening. And I thought, oh, it's in... Because I, I kind of remembered that they said around like the 11th or the 18th, I think it was delayed or, or whatever. Um, and then, you know, it was half an hour to go until, uh, I was able to play Last of Us 2, and then they said, oh, in half an hour, this EA Play thing's gonna happen. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I can just catch up with that later. I'm not gonna pick the EA Play thing over, you know, the launch of Last of Us 2. Uh, and then I sort of just, um, every now and then when I went to take a couple of minutes of break or whatever, because the game is pretty intense, uh, I just went, I just checked on my phone at like recap stuff. Uh, but some of the more interesting stuff that was announced there, because it was a fairly poor showing, I think. Um, yeah, about half of it's just complete faff. Yeah, I, I did actually skip 
uh, a fair bit of it. But I mean, things like, you know, I don't play Apex Legends, so I'm not going to watch stuff about it because the updates don't really mean much to me. Uh, Skate 4 is in development, however, following on from uh, Activision's announcement of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Remastered. Uh, so this isn't this isn't going to be a remaster of Skate 1 through 3. They could still possibly do that at some point, I guess. But Skate 4 uh, is a new one in development. And I guess, yeah, EA wants to compete possibly with Activision on the skating front. There is also that game called Session, which I think is coming out. There is, mm -hmm. uh, I think, one of Skater other... XL. Skater XL. So skating games are making a comeback, which I think is cool. By the way, if you like skateboarding and you have HBO in the US, there's a new comedy show, not comedy show, it's a comedy TV show called uh, Betty, which is on HBO. It's a 30-minute, uh, six-episode comedy. Uh, it's available on uh, Sky and Sky, Sky, Na Sky Now TV in the UK if you want to watch that. Uh, which I did. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I did also talk about that on the TV talk with Gray last week. So you can go and have a look at that. But um, yeah, I suppose they want to be all in competition with, 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 with that now, which I think is quite good. Uh, even though I have no specific interest in Apex Legends, they did say that um, the game is going to be arriving on Nintendo Switch, which makes sense. Um, and it will be cross-play with PC. So I guess if you want to, if you don't have a Pro Controller, and you don't have an adapter to connect your PS4 controller to your dock, which is what I use, uh, and you have Joy-Cons, um, good luck beating people with a mouse and keyboard, I suppose, <laughs> when you've got Joy-Cons. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, like, no, I, I, I know I'm kind of taking the mick out of it or whatever, because that is fundamentally that idea is funny like these terrible joy cons and you're competing with someone that's got a mouse and keyboard that's just funny but i think in in the bigger picture of things to like try and include more of an audience they they, they get a win for that you know if you if you have got a pro controller or you're able to connect a uh dualshock 4 to your switch and you can use that and you're a, you've got a bit more of an advantage i suppose that's good as well I just can't see a situation where a player has the Joy-Cons and they're able to play well against PC players because the Joy-Cons just they just won't be anywhere near as good. But uh, what do you think of that Apex Legends? I mean, I tried it. There was a couple things that I liked with it. Like I we've talked about this from user questions a couple of times on the podcast. I generally don't play with my headphones on because of some of the chatter and they had a function which other games have now adapted to where if you have a piece of equipment that you think somebody on your team might need, you can just push a button and it'll ping that location and that type of equipment to the rest of your team, mm -hmm. which I thought was very innovative. Um, I know other games are doing that now, but they were the first ones to do it. I mean, I like the graphics. I like the, the flow. I like the gameplay. I'm just not a Battle Royale player. Me I mean, I'm not a, yeah. a first-person shooter person in general. I mean, Cyberpunk is going to be the first first-person shooter that I've played in. I mean, like, seriously, seriously played. Not, you know, test a little bit of this, test a little bit of that. And honestly, I don't know how long. Um, but, I mean, it's fine. I don't dislike it. I don't, I mean, functionally, it works perfectly well. Uh, they're constantly coming up with new characters, which all have very unique abilities, which does set it apart from, you know, your Fortnite and your Call of Duty, because you're not dependent on equipment to be unique. You've got each character with its own special mm -hmm. ultimate, for lack of a better term. Uh, really, the only, uh, I mean, it's not even really a battle royale, but uh, um, Overwatch was the only real game that even comes close to that genre that I put any kind of serious time into. And that's more the characters than anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Skate 4 being in development and furthering the competition of uh, skating games? 
Well, I'm glad that it's getting out, and I truly hope that as many people, myself included, that said they wanted the Skate 4 do wind up buying the Skate 4. Obviously, since they showed no gameplay, no screenshots, no storyboards, nothing, I don't see it coming out anytime earlier than Christmas 2022. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's at the absolute earliest. I do hope that they stick with Skate 3 having like a story to it. Um, and that was one of the more enjoyable things about Skate 3 is like you weren't just, oh, do this trick, score this point in this level. You had, you know, um, Jason. What was the guy's name? Uh, he was he was the star from My Name is Earl. I want to say Jason Scott, but I don't know if that's right or not. I don't know. I'm talking it. about. When you said Jason, I thought you was going to say Momoa, but uh, no, no, <laughs> no, definitely not him. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of speaking of stuff that wasn't shown, it, it's it's really weird to me how with the sports franchises, because obviously they make all the big bucks for uh, EA. I think they're getting lazier with their advertisement of those games. Granted, you know it's going to be you know fundamentally the same game. It's still going to be the game of football. Um, you know that it's going to have team updates and kit updates and stadium updates if they apply or whatever and certain license updates and whatnot. But yeah, because I've kind of been counting, I think it's four, five years now where they've had an an E3 type presentation, which this kind of is. It, this would have been their EA, EA uh, play E3 for, for this year and they didn't show anything again. And um it's just it's weird where because even though some people say that, oh you know FIFA doesn't really have that much sort of new stuff or new developments there is a couple of bits and pieces here and there that they could show off or show I don't know just show like five minutes of gameplay with a new it was a new little sort of feature you have like a new way to kick the ball or to pass it or whatever and uh, yeah just just from lo- looking in at that situation they I feel like they've gotten lazier with that which to them doesn't really matter because they know people are going to buy that and they're still going to make millions if not billions from those franchises not just from the sales of of fifa and the sports franchises but from the ultimate team stuff and and whatever else but yeah it it is annoying to see as someone who does play fifa every year doesn't buy every year necessarily because i did i didn't buy fifa 19 uh, i skipped from 18 to 20 um yeah the it, uh, actor's name is this annoying to see how lazy they've gotten with that yeah, the actor's name is Jason Lee. I don't know why I was thinking Scott, but you'd recognize him if you'd seen him. He was in a bunch of Kevin Smith movies. Uh, he was uh, the lead character for My Name is Earl. Um, but he did the voice of like your trainer, and he was having you go places and do things. Uh, did you ever see the movie Dogma? No. The Kevin, uh, no? Okay, he was in that as well. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you'd recognize him if you'd seen him, because he's been in a ton of stuff all over the place. Cool. Nice. Um, but, yeah, again, it was just one of them showings from EA where they just didn't show too much. Uh, but the two notable things, Skate 4 and Apex coming to Switch. Good luck to Joy-Con users, just just yeah. in general. Not just for Apex, but just in general. <laughs> just good luck. Yeah, and yeah. see, here I am here I am thinking they spent the, the what I consider the most important part of that presentation was uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Did you not watch any of that at all? No, I didn't see any of that bit. Yeah, yeah, that was a good 15 minutes of that presentation. Mm-hmm. What did so they Star... show for that? They showed a lot of it. So uh, Star Wars Squadron is going to be a uh, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter sequel-ish. Uh, you get to pick uh, a character on the Rebel side and go through the story arc on that, and then you're going to pick a character on the Empire side 
and go a story arc through that. And then there's going to be different types of online battles in the multiplayer. Uh, they only announced it on that state of play. That was the first time they'd officially announced it. And they've already announced the release date for this year, October 2nd. Uh, they also released it's going to be a discount price. The game will come out at $40, which is going to be a, a big value. Um, the X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, that was a big franchise back in the mid-90s. Um, and we're not, we're not getting an official sequel to that. Honestly, with the single-player stuff, it looks more like Wing Commander than anything else. Uh, they were also very uh, adamant about... Uh, not having any microtransactions in the game. So as much as they completely, you know, shat the bed on their microtransactions, it looks like they've still, for the most part, learned their lesson on that. Yeah, which is good to see at the end of the day. I don't actually know if Battlefront 2 still got microtransactions or not. I actually have no idea. Uh, but that was, of course, their, you know, EA's biggest controversial thing with uh, microtransactions uh, and all that sort of thing. Uh, in terms of this um, particular Star Wars game, I don't have any personal interest. I'm more interested in what they're going to do with uh, Fallen Order 2, which I think we will probably get. Uh, you know, the third person, uh, I was going to say Dark Souls, but people would probably not like if I could bet that that's sort of you know second round Dark, Dark Souls. Souls. Yeah, it's a Star it, Wars it, Dark Souls. Yeah, it's a it's a Star Wars Dark Souls in a way. Um, yeah, I'm more interested in what they... Obviously, it's way, way, way too early to hear about any sort of sequel for that because it only came out... Um, was it last year? Yeah. Uh, it's it's less than a year. I don't know its exact release date, but I doubt if it's been out more than a year. Yeah, I think it was about November-ish last year or, or yeah. something like that. But um, I would recommend getting on YouTube or whatever and just looking up Star Wars Squadron. I think you might really get into that. It's possible, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I kind of like some of that gameplay stuff from Battlefront 2. I just don't know that a whole game revolving around just that is uh, something I'm going to take interest in. Because in, just in terms of gameplay, uh, obviously the game had its problems outside of that. I do think the Battlefront 2 first-person gameplay is really good. I do think the third-person action stuff of um, Jedi Fallen Order is really good. I just don't know how... I, I'm not really into sort of, you know, those sorts of... Uh, um, games where, where you're in like a spaceship or whatever, and you, you're doing more sort of flight stuff uh, in terms of the 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 uh, space battles and that. Um, just not something. Yeah, that really... and there hasn't been a good space battle flight sim in a very long time. So, yeah. and those are the games that I really cut my gaming teeth on. Like I said, Wing Commander, uh, Ace Commander. There's a couple other. I mean, Ace Commander wasn't space based, but there was like a time when you really needed a joystick attachment to your computer to play flight sim games and we haven't had one of those in i don't know how long mm -hmm. um but yeah in terms of the ea stuff that's all i had written down and you've added a piece to it there so what did you want to talk about today uh well we have multiple entries from what in the actual fuck department of news uh first off the developer behind the PS4 exclusive The Order 1886 has been bought out by Facebook and will now concentrate on VR games. Uh, Facebook announced that it has acquired Ready at Dawn, the studio for um, Gods of War, Chains of Olympus, Gods of War, Ghost of Sparta for the PSP, uh, and the God of War Origins collections on the PS3. Um, 2015 is when they came out with The Order 1886. Yeah. Um, in 2017, Ready at Dawn actually started working with Facebook-owned studios Oculus uh, on Rift titles Lone Echo, Echo Arena, and Echo Combat. Uh, Echo Combat 2 is currently in development. 
So Microsoft was basically just like, oh, you're doing nothing but working on our games. Let's just go ahead and buy you up. We got money. <laughs> yeah, very strange one. Um, Did you ever play Order 1886? Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I thought um, I agreed with some of the criticism with the game in terms of in certain parts of the game it was a little bit more basic than what it potentially could have been. But overall, I I I did I do remember enjoying it. Um, so yeah, did you have you ever played that? I didn't own a, a PS4 at the time. Uh, the biggest and you can correct me if they if it was wrong. The biggest complaint that I heard was that it was a very slow paced game, like yeah. in terms of, like the combat and everything. It was like it really kind of just like felt like you were walking through molasses. Yeah, it was one of them games that was focused a bit more on like look how good this kind of looks and then okay shoot some stuff bit of story and then look at this particular item it was one of them kind of early ps4 games where like all your character picks up an item and look how look how it moves when when he when he picks it up and it was it was a lot about um yeah i i felt that was one of the games that did focus a little bit too much on visuals and presentation um as opposed to like innovative kind of gameplay but that's also that is also one of them kind of early gen games where it it tries to do certain things but in other areas is a little bit more basic um but overall i i did enjoy it overall i thought it was was fairly good uh but yeah from the looks of this acquisition you probably aren't going to get a second one whatever that would have been called um i would imagine that we would have had that potentially announced by now if that was going to maybe happen but uh yeah they've been acquired by facebook which obviously means that they won't be making i'm pretty sure they won't be making uh the order 1886 sequel but uh it's an odd one uh we got a story later on that revolves around facebook and uh mixer as well uh, do you want to jump straight to that one because we can kind yeah, of combine let's go ahead and jump these two that. yeah i think you've got that written down haven't you yeah, um, obviously, you know, the whole world fell out from under the gamer community on Mixer the other day because Microsoft announced that it would shutter, be shuttering its uh, Mixer service and then folding everything into some weird partnership with Facebook, which makes no sense. Uh, for more of a back history, uh, Mixer started out as Beam under the ownership of Matthew Salsamandi oh, yeah. and James Bone back in 2016. Hmm. Uh, that company was quickly bought by Microsoft in August of 2016, which was renamed to Mixer in 2017, which was reintegrated into the Xbox One uh, uh, operating system and the Windows 10 operating system in 2018. Uh, something that I didn't notice until I got my new rig going and uh, had been able to like, oh, I want to try to stream this. And they had actually removed the keyboard command to auto stream to mixer from a pc like back in december of 2019 and i did not notice it at all they made no uh um, bones about it they made no hype about it Hmm. at all uh so and to be fair they have not seen the growth that they need Uh, i saw graphics on that um in the same point in time when facebook started gaming uh the facebook gaming uh stream traffic has gone up 314%, which is very impressive. That's over uh, a one-year time. Uh, Mixer's stream traffic went up 2%. And a lot of that time frame is during the COVID when everybody's at home and more people are streaming. They're just not getting the traffic. Um, The winners are... Go ahead. Which is a little bit weird considering they signed almost like a player 
like almost in a football player since they signed Ninja, and he's one of the most popular, well, the most popular people in the internet period. And yeah, not that, only Ninja but Shroud and Ewok and a couple yeah, others. All those and those people, people well. are the definite winners of this getting shut down. Uh, because they were offered contracts with uh, Facebook, and Ninja and Shroud both uh, rejected the contracts, and so Microsoft had to co- buy their contracts out. And so nobody knows the exact numbers, but they're saying that Ninja got thirty million for his ten months on Mixer, and Shroud got ten million for his six month for his eight months on Mixer. Uh, and you can tell the streamers that are like well well known streamers that had offers and didn't take them because the day that got announced for the buyout, they were salty. You can find Twitch clips of uh, Dr. Disrespect just losing his mind over what money they must have offered him and what he would have just collected instead of over the course of like two years or three years or four years or whatever the contract would be over the course of less than one year. Him, uh, Summit G1, Tim the Tap Man, which are the big three that I know of that had been offered contracts, they were all just like, hindsight, damn. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, odd treatment very much for Mixer. Um, I'm I'm surprised by Microsoft with this as well. Um, that was one of the first kind of thoughts I had when I saw it. It was like, how, comes, how come Microsoft has, has decided to kind of do this? Um, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a strange situation because obviously we're we're trying to link these two together because they're both Facebook related situations. Um, I kind of don't get. I I mean I I do in a way, but kind of don't at the same time. Let me try to explain. With Facebook trying to get in the whole gaming thing, like acquiring a a, a developer with Ready at Dawn who's worked on a PlayStation exclusive game, um, and then like buying. A streaming service where when like you know f- facebook and t- i know things like tiktok are pretty big now and whatever and snapchat's big and instagram's big but facebook facebook and still with twitter and that it's still really really big as well so i just i don't know i don't really get why i mean i i, I kind of get in a way why they would be interested in this video game space because there's money to be made there but i just don't associate facebook in any way shape or form with video games um yeah it's, and it's, it's, a, it's a strange before. one We've talked before about a couple of streamers. The one that I can actually remember off the top of my head is the guy that goes by the name Disguised Toast. And I only remember that because he got a contract to, to stream with Facebook Gaming, and they gave him twenty grand to make a promo for that, and he just was somebody filming an iPhone, and he dropped off the twenty grand to a children's hospital, which made me respect the hell out of him. Because, you know, you could spend twenty grand, do something stupid, do something crazy. He's like, no, let's just... Give it to sick kids. Yeah. Um, but I, for the life of me, could not tell you how to get to the streaming section on Facebook. I I mean, I kind of use Facebook, but it's more of a, I'm bored, let's kill five minutes or whatever. I don't really seriously do anything Facebook-wise. To be fair, I don't do anything serious Twitter-wise. Twitter is kind of a replacement for the old school RSS news feed. I follow mostly news channels, local and national um, just to find articles, and then I follow a few people to get you know opinions on this, that, and the other. Uh, but I don't. Again, I don't really use it. I mean, I probably actually no, I don't have my anything. I don't. I I could tell you that I I probably sent less like in a thousand tweets in the five years that I've done Twitter. So clearly, mm-hmm. I'm not really using it a whole lot. 
Um, but I, ob- yeah. I obviously do for things like you know promoting podcasts, which is very very important, uh, and things like that. But uh, how many tweets have I sent? Um, how do you find that out? Uh, if you go on your, uh, I'm on the Twitter web uh, web page. Um, I know there's a way to see it, but I don't know I how to it. find. <laughs> It's not important, but uh, yeah. yeah, obviously I use I use my social media stuff for um, promoting uh, podcasts and that. Which yeah, if, actually, if, if you're on if you go on a web page and you pull up your Twitter account and then yeah. you go on your profile on the very top, it'll show uh, the number of tweets. And I actually was wrong, but it looks like you know it's less than ten thousand tweets in the eleven years I've had uh, a Twitter account. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe a hundred a year, and most of them are either replies or retweets. I don't actually tweet a whole lot. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, getting back to Facebook and that is just, I I don't know in what way I could associate Facebook with with video games. Um, I guess if they start developing some like console games, because obviously you can go on Facebook and play Facebook games, but I don't really consider that to be the same type of area. Uh, whereas, like you know, you if if you've acquired Ready at Dawn and you've acquired Mixer, uh, unless you start doing something really serious with that and making like some I don't know some AAA games or some AA games or some indie games or something, uh, it's just difficult for me to even associate Facebook with games. Uh, yeah, I did way. find the graph. Um, I know numbers are a little hard to follow on uh, an audio thing, but I'll I'll be really slow with it just so you can get the numbers in your head. So for the Twitch platform. From April 2019 to April 2020, the number of hours watched went from 819 million to 1.65 billion, which is an increase of 101%. Uh, for YouTube gaming, that went from 290, 280 million to 460 million, so that's a 65% increase. Uh, for Facebook gaming, obviously in 2019 they weren't really that much into it, so they were only at eight, 86 million hours watched, but that went up to 291 million hours, which is a 238% increase. Uh, for Mixer, it went from 37.044 million hours to 37.106 million hours, which is an increase of 0.2%. And you add all those numbers together, you have an industry growth of about 99%. So the industry streaming has doubled, and Mixer's growth was less than 1% of that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, to be fair, Microsoft gives everything its full support and a full chance. It gave... Uh, um, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, because I just got an alert on my Skype account saying you I've dropped. So. No. Still here, yeah. All right, just making sure. Yeah, cool. so um, three, two, one, edit. So uh, Microsoft gave the Kinect the full chance. It had the whole original Xbox run. Ah, the um, Kinect. It, yeah, it gave the whole 360 run. They didn't really say, okay, we're done with this until the Xbox uh, S came out, and it did not have the port for right. the Kinect. Yeah, and you obviously to, you had to get the, that USB thing, didn't you? Yeah, so. and the 1X doesn't have it either, and the uh, Series X doesn't have it either. Now, that's not to say you can't use a webcam with Xbox. It does have USB support for webcams, so you can still use a webcam on your Xbox. But with Mixer going down, 
I just, I really hope they don't integrate some kind of Facebook gaming functionality into the the Xbox console platform. Um, just, I just could not do that. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Facebook to begin with, but if they integrated that into that, I just would not like it. Mm, yeah. It's a weird situation, definitely. Yep. So, I mean, this whole year basically has been, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what else did you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing that I have to talk about is, in any other normal news week, and this would be the weirdest article that I've read, <laughs> this doesn't even crack the top five. So, uh, Apple had their annual worldwide developer conference uh, on the 23rd. And so, the two big things to come out of that for a gaming side is that the Apple TV, which I don't own but i had completely forgotten that you can download buy and play games on that is getting support for the elite series 2 as well as the xbox adaptive controller and the uh, ipad is getting uh, keyboard and mouse support for gaming now i do game on my ipad little mobile touch games right um, and on my phone i just can't see myself connecting a keyboard and mouse because first off it would have to be a bluetooth <laughs> yeah. only keyboard yeah. and mouse because the uh, the ipads do not have any kind of ports to plug into usb wise um same with the apple tv because i'm i i don't own an elite series 2 but i'm assuming it has some sort of bluetooth functionality i, I think um, so yeah but yeah that's just that is that's a thing yeah i mean terms of options you know if you're using those particular controllers and you happen to game on the apple tv thing or play the the apple games and that i think this is uh great for for options and that especially with the adaptive controller that's the one that for people that have particular needs isn't it the yeah they don't have standard uh body equipment right right that's for those particular people um which i think is really really good as well like i said with uh because we talked about accessibility last week with uh, last of us two's options and uh with something else that we talked about as well uh but yeah the the more that those sorts of people have um the options to play more video games the better they don't they shouldn't have any reason to be uh, left out particularly um and uh i think that's really really good uh for last of us particularly i never did look at the accessibility options there was one that i did actually um turn on which was if you're more in one of the open world sections of the game well not open world sections in one of the more open sections of the game and you're not quite sure where to go you can click in the uh, left stick and there'll be simply an arrow that tells you where to go sounds like something pretty small and simple but it, it was pretty helpful especially when i was running away from a few particular enemies and um I didn't quite know where to go. <laughs> uh, I thought that was good, but yeah, if it, the the more places the adaptive controller gets supported, the better. Uh, I think PlayStation needs to do something with that as well, and certainly Nintendo needs to because, uh, yeah, they've they've got very limited options with that as well. But um, the more places that that's supported, the better. Um, whether it's on console gaming, mobile gaming, or PC gaming, or a- anywhere that you can play games, or even with like TV accessibility and film accessibility uh, for you know pausing and playing and selecting different shows and films uh, i think that's really really important so um good job i i say to this yeah i just don't get how uh you would need an elite series 2 for most of the games that would be on there so i i guess so yeah that's the you know to to talk to the other side of that i suppose um doesn't quite make sense but 
if you if you've got one and you use a game that maybe takes a bit more of an advantage of it, I suppose it's a it's a good idea. But um, yeah, the more options, the better, I suppose. So, uh, you said that's everything you had to talk about. Yeah, that's all I had. Cool. Um, we do. Excuse me. We do have one other uh, email to discuss today. If you, of course, would like to write in with any video game or entertainment talk related thoughts, uh, feelings, questions, comments, whatever. Uh, you can feel free to do so. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalk UK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, we did already read out Ian's email, which was about uh, Naughty Dog's future. Uh, but Yasmin has written in and she says, So, now that The Last of Us 2 is out, what is your most uh, next most anticipated game? Uh, of course, Robert, I still think yours is Cyberpunk. Um, Never so, stop being. Cool, there we go. Uh, but the game obviously hasn't come out yet, so... Uh, Robert will be waiting for that. I think for me, because um, I kind of I did think about this. Like, okay, what's the, what's the next big game I'm looking forward to? Now I am I am excited for Cyberpunk. I don't think quite as much as Robert, maybe, but uh, it's still a game I'm very very much looking forward to. Um, I'm kind of excited for Watch Dogs Legion. I think it could pull off some some pretty interesting ideas. Um, it just depends how Ubisoft treat the game, but I think the fundamental this idea of like recruiting people like the NPC um characters to your team and like the the permadeath kind of thing of like if your character dies you move on to the next one that's in your group or clan or whatever they're going to call it i think it's a pretty cool idea uh, as a british person as well having it in a post post uh, sorry post brexit world where things have gone wrong i think sounds quite interesting because it'll obviously have some london places and that like piccadilly and and certain other places as well so that's something that interests me plus i really really enjoyed Watch Dogs 2 i thought it was a not revolution but a, a good evolution from what the first one tried to do so i'm interested to see how that's going to evolve into the third game so i'm really looking forward to that as well um ghost of tsushima i'm really looking forward to as you know a, a sword fighting kind of game that isn't as difficult as something like Sekiro or Dark Souls or whatever, it's going to be a bit more of a an easier game or a little bit more of a lenient game, perhaps. Um, so that's one from me. Uh, so yeah, those those are the next two. I think we don't know. I can't remember the last time they said about a release date for Watch Dogs Legion, but it probably isn't going to be anytime soon. But uh, Sekiro's out next month. I'm pretty much looking forward to that. Um, there isn't anything particularly necessarily on the horizon that I'm looking forward to as much as I was looking forward to Last of Us Two, because obviously I was you know really 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 excited for that game um but you know crash bandicoot 4 i'm really really looking forward to as well um i just we, we've like just seen that game for the first time so, so the same amount of excitement isn't quite there as much because we literally saw that you know this week once we see a bit more of gameplay and, and things like that i'll be i'll be a lot uh, a lot more excited but um yeah it's a return of crash bandicoot i'm really really happy about that so that's great as well. Um, how about other games for you, Robert? I know you said Cyberpunk, but um, how about other things? I'm intrigued, definitely, by uh, um, Lost Dogs. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Watch Dogs Legion, just because. And my the thing that I like the most about it is the thing that concerns me the most about it, and that is the permadeath, mm. because you're recruiting all these people to be part of your hacker army, but if a like whoever is designated the main character, they not go out on missions. Cause I don't see how the story really progresses. Cause even if you recruit people to a same cause, everybody's going to have different agendas just because you're all in the same group with the same overall cause. Doesn't mean you want to go in the same direction. Right. Um, and I'm, and I'm more concerned about that from the story being too generic. 
Right. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I definitely at some point will have Ghost of Tsushima. I don't think I'll get it right away. I'll probably get it like a Black Friday sale. And it's not going to be like a super huge discount, but I do imagine that it's going to be a bit discounted when, you know, the holidays roll around because that is in November. So that's going to be four months away from when the game comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, nothing really. I'm definitely got my eyes on uh, uh, Star Wars Squadron because, like I said, I did play all those uh, flight sim games back in the 90s. I don't know, again, if I'll buy that right away, but I'm more inclined to because it is a $40 game versus a $60 game. So it does make that investment a little bit easier. I'm definitely going to wait till the reviews come out um, to see you know, the functionality of the multiplayer and whether or not people like the story. I'm not obviously not going to try to spoil myself on the story. Um, and I forgot to mention in the article, this does take uh, between uh, uh, Rise, um, um, Rise of the Jedi... Episode six and episode seven. So, Return of the Jedi. Return. I don't know why the Return would not enter in my brain. I'm surprised that I remembered that and you didn't. <laughs> That's just well, a part see, that surprised me. Yeah. Because when I think of Return of the Jedi, I always remember that the original title was Revenge of the Jedi, and so the two just kind of crossed in my brain, and I could not get right is <laughs> out of my brain. Yeah. But yeah, it's between that one and uh, the episode seven. So there's you oh, know obviously Force, that's Force a, Awakens. Yeah. Force Awakens. So obviously that's a you know twenty five year ish gap. Mm. So there's a lot of lore to be done in between that, um, and it, the the multiplayer actually looks really good, and it might be one of the few multiplayers that I would buy the game just to play. But again, uh, just gonna wait for the reviews to come out, see how it goes, and then I'm like seventy ish percent chance to pick that up within the first week. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Plus, for me, I'm not fully done with Last of Us 2 yet. I'm still going to do New Game Plus and try and platinum the game. I don't actually know what I've got to do for the platinum. I should probably look at that. Because um, there might be some specific stuff in there. But, um, yeah, still got. To, I'm going to run through the game as well, still. But, uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, that is everything for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Like we said, if you have any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, whatever, about video games or anything related to Entertainment Talk, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, thank you all very, very much for listening. Um, you can find everything else that we got on entertainmenttalk.org. Um, the schedule pretty much at the moment is May United Podcast, after the games, not immediately after, but the next weekday after. Um, so like yesterday's game, I did the podcast today. Uh, Gaming Talk on Wednesdays, Classic Reviews on Wednesdays. Still got like seven episodes left of that, so still a good chunk of that. Actually, eight episodes, because there's the season wrap-up uh, after that. So, um, yeah, I'm going to probably do some season reviews. There's things like uh, Good Girl Season 3 coming out soon. Uh, Umbrella Academy Season 2 is coming out end of next month. Uh, and I'm sure there's some other stuff as well. Uh, and eventually... Eventually, we'll see some films again, <laughs> um, and yep. we'll be talking about those at some point. Um, this is is a little bit annoying how close a Quiet Place Two was to getting released, and I was ridic- I, I'm still am really really excited for that. I haven't really thought about that film a lot in the last couple of months, but uh, that was I, th- I think that was going to be the next film review, and then uh, you know things things changed. So uh, I don't know what the next film review will be, other than the actual film reviews for this season of classic reviews. So uh, have a look out for those. Everything, like I said, is on entertainmenttalk.org. If you want to find out stuff from everybody else, David, of course, on geektown.co.uk. If you want your reliable, up-to-date TV and film news, uh, lots of renewals and cancellation stuff going around. Um, 
and of course find out how the uh, coronavirus is affecting TV and film and everything else like that. Uh, if you want that in weekly podcast format, Geek Town Radio is on Tuesdays. You can either find that on iTunes or on the website, geekdown.co.uk. Uh, Bex is doing a lot of cool stuff with her streaming things at the moment. She's not on Mixer, she's on Twitch. Uh, so go and follow her, Trista Bytes, B-Y-T-E-S. I'm not sure if it's Fridays or Saturdays, but she's got some kind of Scream Friday, Scream Saturday. Saturday. Fr- Friday, um, Saturday. She, she made the mistake of putting Alien Isolation yeah. on as a, as a poll choice, and now she's gotten enough into it to where she feels the need to uh, finish it as a bit of a completionist. But yeah. uh, there's some really funny uh, clips that have happened from that. So Cool. So if you're on uh, Twitch... Uh, you can go and follow her on there. Just follow her. You'll be notified when she goes live. She does stuff with uh, Jason Bradbury on Sundays as well. So you can look out for her stuff there. Uh, if you want to support this podcast and entertainment talk, we are on Patreon. You can have a look at the $1 and $3 level tiers for review options and our free podcast options. I do have a new idea, by the way. I'll tell you off the air, Robert, about what that is. Um, I'm not going to do it quite yet. I need to sort of prepare it or whatever. Uh, but I do have a new idea for the $1 level tier. I'm sure if I decide to actually do it, I'll make a little podcast talking about uh, what that is going to be. But, um, yeah, you know, when you're doing a podcast, you need to come up with new ideas every now and again. So uh, that's just part of what we do uh you can check all that stuff out if you are buying stuff on amazon whether it's last of us 2 or if you don't want the game or if you want something else whatever you're buying on amazon uh we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra that's the affiliate link itunes feeds please write reviews subscribe to us on there uh, both entertainment talk and geek town you can search for both of those get yourself subscri- get yourselves subscribed sorry so you get set uh, so you are up to date with the podcast and also rate and review us that will really help us out as well word of mouth you can tell people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds and about Geek Town and Bex's Twitch stream and that sort of stuff or on social media of course Facebook and Twitter and if you can in different Facebook groups um, do we mention the mix of stuff anymore then? Cause I, I, I don't I see don't, the reason. I mean, I, I, to be fair, I haven't been on Mixer in quite a while. It took me a good three months to find out that that function had been removed from Windows 10. So, Right, right. But uh, in terms of the FIFA streams, stay tuned for whatever. I, I haven't tried to even load Mixer since the uh, the um, this news came out. So just keep an eye out for that. But uh, other stuff as well, you can look out for Let's Play Sundays. Thank you all very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.